So the swara goes and the head remains like the atma, unafflicted <laughs> by the going up and the going down and being in the same place. So imagine next time you chant that the head is in a brace, okay? Yeah, that you have a neck brace and a head brace, you know, just like uh, when they when they do MRIs and all that, you have to be extremely still and let the chanting come from the, the stomach rather than the, the head. So that way what happens is that, you know, the, the chant is, is more powerful and it, uh, you feel it differently also because it really becomes effortless. Yeah, so then uh, that's what they say, there are three kinds of uh, chanting, Adhama, Madhyama and Uttama. So Adhama is where the head goes but the swara is not going there, the tone is not going down and up, only the head is going up. Uttama is head and tone, both are going up and down. I mean, Madhyama. Uttama is where only the tonal changes are reflected without undergoing any change, you know. So, that is the fun part. Something to practice, huh? Yeah. So, we see, we saw yesterday how from the first mantra to the second, there has been a growth of who? The Bhakta. And in the first mantra, we had the, the inner children all traumatized and upset 
and screaming for mercy and screaming for all kinds of things. And then in the second mantra, and in the first mantra, the, the, the people were very scared of Bhagavan, correct? Yeah. Please, you look awful. All your arrows are terminating right, you know, at me. That seems to use, I seem to be the goal of all your arrows. Point them somewhere else, this Jagat is big enough, why me? This is what the first mantra. The second mantra, there has been a, a, a growth spurt. Where suddenly that terrifying form of Rudra is looking nice to me. And so we saw that, you know. What, what, what does that say? That Shivam Babhuva Te Dhanahu. Shivam means quiet, auspicious. So this has become very, to two meanings. One is quiet. First the, the arrows, you know, I could hear the sound of the arrows being polished on the stone. <laughs> Made sharp just for me. And I could hear the bow being twanged and the arrow being, you know, fixed in the bow. I could hear all these things. So there was a lot of, you know, chaos in this. And I was terrified because the arrows of Bhagavan are coming directly at me. Now the arrows are not being sharpened and they are there. And the bow is there but it has become more of an alankara. Alankara means a, a kind of a, you know, ornamentation rather than a direct hit at me. So that is the first meaning. It's a quietened. Shiva means quietened. Shivam bhaguvate dhanuhu. Shiva saravyaya tavatayano rudra nridaya. So make us happy with you. Make us really happy with this quietened form. First meaning. Second meaning is that actually your bows and arrows are auspicious. Shiva also means auspicious. Shivam. First meaning is Shanta, second meaning is Mangalam, auspicious. And here we see again the, the adult and the inner child both talking. The inner child has integrated enough to discover that the bows and arrows are actually quietened down. But the adult has undergone another you know, level of emotional maturity. In this, from the first to the second mantra. And what is this maturity? This maturity has to do with recognizing a fact. Recognizing that even though the bow and the arrow is directed against me. And even though they are my own results of action. Correct? Karma phala. Results of action. I see them as a blessing. Think about how much growth one has to one has to have to see even the most difficult poison as a blessing. So this is the this is a very beautiful thing. How to see the poison as a blessing? You know? Poison is scary, poison is frightening, poison is toxic. How can it how do I turn it into a blessing? My shift in my attitude. My vision undergoes a shift. And my vision undergoes a shift primarily because 
I am now prepared. I am now prepared to accept that which cannot be altered. I pray for the karma bhala to go away. Some of it goes away. Most of it remains. And since most of it remains, what, you know, I have to deal with it. I have to, you know, I have to face it. And here I am praying for the for the shakti, the grace and the power and the strength to be able to face what is coming my way. Because I am relaxed in Bhagavan. This is what it is. First I was scared and terrified of Bhagavan because I did not know what bhakta is, I did not know what bhakti is, I did not know anything. And all my blocks and resistances were really up. Now I am no longer scared of Bhagavan. And I am no longer targeting Bhagavan as a, as a, a, a nimitta, as the cause of my misery. And this is what is often said that spiritual growth begins when I stop blaming myself and when I stop blaming others. This is the, you know, threshold, the entry point of spiritual growth. I stop blaming myself and of course the others become a wonderful sitting duck, including Bhagavan. But I don't use them to blame either. I simply accept the situation with a certain objectivity. And here Bhagavan is described in the second mantra as a very objective Bhagavan. In the sense, yes, the arrows are there. Yes, they may even be directed at me. But it is up to me to see how I am going to face them. And here the sadhaka is expected by the second mantra to, to have undergone a, a quantum leap from the first to the second mantra and say that and, and pray for welfare, a general prayer for welfare. Naha he rudra mridaya, you know, keep us happy, keep our well-being in mind. In other words, I am surrendering that well-being, being the controller of my own well-being is very comfortable, a, a situation. Because starting with the temperature of the room, I know how to control everything with the diet. You know, everything is like this in the United States. You know, you just lessen and you make it more. And you say, okay, this is not correct. Oh, and then all the temperatures comes in 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0 0.5 because each one makes a big difference. And this whole, you know, even India is quite fastly, very quickly becoming like this. But the whole thinking, the rationale in the West is to foment the ragadveshas, is to make them fat and, you know, fatten them by nurturing them. So much so that one becomes unable to adjust to anything. One becomes just an ordinary person, always cranky, you know. Why? Because they are cranking up the heat all the time. And so they become a cranky individual. And each one is a cranky individual because each one feels like I have the whole world in the palm of my hands. There is even one song like that. I have the whole world in my hands. Yeah. Even some kind of pop song. And so this is the, the message. 
not our traditions in in our tradition that is not the message the sooner you come to terms with the fact that you don't control anything the happier you are going to be there is a direct link between your personal what is that you know they they said something about bhutan being the happiest country the uh, the gross national happiness uh, you know index those indices are for what for uh, you know they have a direct correlation between you know putting the raga and the dveshas on a permanent diet yeah not feeding them anything starving the raga dveshas let them do the tapas you know you eat don't give the raga dveshas any any food because the more they eat the more they create all kinds of trouble and so here we see that that is why this leap is very important because i have stopped blaming myself in the second mantra i have stopped blaming bhagavan and bhagavan includes jagat also because bhagavan and jagat are really you know related by the creator created you know link so stop blaming jagat i have stopped blaming bhagavan i have stopped blaming my own karma and i am ready to receive what is and i am ready not it that will come a little later but i am ready to look at the karma phala squarely in the eye and not only to look at it but regard it actually as a blessing rather than a curse so here i pray for a general well being because i have let go of that control of controlling what i think i need in order to be healthy and happy i've let go of that control and said you are the most auspicious presence in my life i don't know who you are you're the most auspicious presence please give me what will make me happy so in fact a collective prayer naha comes naha means us make us happy and i know you are happy making us happy so make us happy you know naha mridaya make me happy and make me you know give me whatever is my due and i will adjust my vision to accommodate what is there this is extremely important a very great growth you know in the in the second mantra and then we find that in the third mantra also there is a very big growth happening from the second to the third we will chant that and look at it yate rudra shiva tanur ghora papakashini yate rudra shiva tanur ghora papakashini tayanastanu vasantamaya girishankabija kashi ಅಪಾಪಕಾಶಿಣಿ hidden sandhis hidden uh, you know elisions so yate shiva tanuhu i'm just uh, making it into a prose sentence uh, it's called it's called anvaya 
अघोर अपापकाशिनी तया तनुवा तया शंतमया तनुवा हे गिरीशंत नह अभिजाकशी अभिजाकशी दट इज हाउ इट रीड्स इफ यू राइट इट इन प्रोज never mind don't worry about it too much if that's not understood i just uh, you know because this is poetic i just may because the in sanskrit we have the uh, privilege of putting the uh, verb and everything differently and still conveying the meaning so i just made it uh, a prosaic sentence so taya by that tanuva by that body which body you know shiva tanuva you know by that kaham and a beautiful and the mangala sujaka we by this auspicious body shantamaya shantamaya means that which is in the form of a big blessing by this body by this quietened body which is in the form of a huge blessing and then here rudra is addressed by a very nice name हे गिरीशंत गिरीशंत इंटरेस्टिंग and then sarvam janati iti sarvagyah all knowing all gyah you know so we can short it like that gachati iti gah the one who goes you can just say gah khe gachati iti khaga the one that goes in space called khaga what is that bird plane superman anything you know anything that goes in space is called khaga usually bird and then we have उसे and mountain so mountain is agah aga jayate iti agaja see jayate iti jah you know very interesting is born you just add jah or ja if it's a feminine so aga jayate that which is born of a mountain oh my god what is born of mountain god is parvati parvata yeah, that that you know himavan's daughter born of mountain and agajayaha padmarkam you know padmarkam means the the sun that makes the lotus bloom 
So the sun that makes the face of Mother Parvati bloom, like even the sun that makes the lotus bloom, the lotus like Anana, Agajanana, the face of Mother Parvati is like a lotus which blooms and when does the lotus bloom? When the sun rays hit the lotus bud, it blooms. And Lord Baby Ganesha here is the, the ray of the sunshine that makes the mother's face bloom. So you see, so easy Sanskrit is and so wonderful. So Nagachati iti agaha. So like this you can make short forms. Jayate iti jaha. You know, Padmaja, born of lotus, name for Lakshmi. Like this, we have all these short forms. We've made up words which have gained in the tradition an abiding, uh, you know, they have received a stay order by the force of the tradition. And Giri Shanta is a beautiful word like that. You know, Gir means walk, speech. Yeah. You know, Giri, seventh case. Giri, or, or you can say both. Uh, giri and uh, also uh, Girau, you can say both because Gir and Giri both are seen as Vak, speech. Girau's Titva, remaining in the speech, remaining in the form of words rather. Sham Tanoti Iti Giri Shantaha. Sham here is Mangalam. Sham Yeah. Sham means auspiciousness. Tanoti means spreads. The one who spreads auspiciousness in the form of words. How can you spread auspiciousness in the form of words? You keep saying nice, nice things to people. You are wonderful, you are great. Pretty much. That's what the Upanishad is telling. You are wonderful, you are great, you are whole. You are, you know, there is nothing like you. There is nothing unlike you. You are the only thing that is. You are limitless. You are Nitya, you are Shuddha, you are Mukta. This is what the, the Upanishad is telling. And remaining in the words of the Shruti, the one who spreads Mangalam, Moksha Rupam Sham Tanoti Iti Giri Shantaha. One that gives Moksha liberation to this sad, bad, mad individual struggling in samsara. Struggling in the ocean of samsara, Going glub 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 because of all the seaweeds of Ragadvesha entangled, miserable. And the raft that is given is in the form of words of the Shruti. That is the raft. The karma raft falls apart. Yeah. Plava ete adridaha yajna rupaha. You know, you try to make a raft based on punya. You put the slabs of punya together and, you know, in, in the ocean of samsara, it will carry you forward a little bit before the karma falls apart. Why? Because karma is finite. Karma phala is finite. But the words of the Upanishad, infinite because it is describing you who is limitless. And the problem is not one of doing, but the problem is one of ignorance. So the antidote to ignorance Agnya, the one who is Agnya, needs to be Nya, that's what it is. Needs this knowledge. 
because the distance between myself and moksha freedom from this notion that i am bound is not in terms of space or time it is in the form of ignorance so crossing over the ignorance needs knowledge there is no other way manyah pantha vidyate ayanaya there is no other way to follow this to, to your goal because the goal being already you you have to understand this you cannot manufacture a goal if you manufacture a goal it will be time bound and that's what we see in every pursuit it is time bound because the goal is manufactured so here what we are looking for is a non manufactured goal and if it's a non manufactured goal it is limitless and if it is limitless it has to include me it cannot be outside of me because you can't call something outside of you as limitless because you are delimiting that and that is delimiting you so a non manufactured goal which is not a product cannot be outside of me if it's not a product it is myself alone but i don't know it i suffer from the notion that i am time bound that i am as good as this body i am as good as this mind i am as good as the senses i suffer from this notion because i don't have this understanding so the pursuit becomes a certain you know shift which i often call a u turn from all the pursuits back to you that's why it's called u turn <laughs> you are the one that's turning and you are the one that is turning back to yourself yeah that's why in our uh, you know in our tradition we keep doing pradakshina when there is no place to go around the deity you can go around yourself think about it that's a very big uh, statement yeah you are the bhagavan that you seek so you can go around yourself if there is no place to go around the deity you want to do a quick one you know and so you just don't want to don't have the time even even if there is space like in big big temples like chidambaram it will take you know 15 minutes to go around or tanjavur or places like that so you just go around yourself same thing and so here since the problem is one of self ignorance and the antidote to that is self knowledge here in the third mantra there has been another leap first i saw bhagavan is terrifying then i came into a place of acceptance you know i came into a place of acceptance whatever you give it's okay and in the third mantra you know i am asking for the blessing of the knowledge i'm asking for the blessing of the knowledge from you hey girishankar it's a vocative case so i'm asking for you to bless me with knowledge what kind of knowledge that knowledge that dismisses all these notions of bondage of fear because it is at the level of the notion alone this bondage and fear that comes it cannot be real and so therefore i ask for this blessing for this notion to be dismissed all these notions of myself being finite to be totally dismissed i beg of you to to and i invoke that aspect of you which is girishanta which abides in the words of the 
Vedanta and dismisses the notion of sorrow. Up till now I thought I was in the ocean of sorrow. But the ocean is but an ocean. This is what Girishanta tells by his very being. This ocean is dismissed as an ocean. And hey Girishanta, by this body, Taya Tanuva, by this body, what kind of a body? Auspicious body, Shantamaya Tanuva. Hey Girishanta, Abhijakashihi. In the form of lighting up. Chakasra means to light up and it becomes kash. Kashate lights up. Abhichakashihi. It immediately invokes the verse in the Mundaka Upanishad where the same word is used. Where is that? Like you know, two birds shining, greatest friends sitting on the branch with shiny wings embracing one another. And then what? One of them is hopping around, eating all kinds of berries and is very, very sad as a result. (laughs) And then the other one what? Anashnan Anyaha Abhijakashiti Same word is used. And this is the this is what we call samanvaya, a certain ekapakyata, a kind of a, you know, unanimity of focus in the in Vedanta. So from one Upanishad to another, you'll never get a contradiction. Vedanta is that body of knowledge. Nothing can be, there is no internal contradiction and nothing can be contradicted from outside because it's its own means of knowledge. It functions as a pramana. So this is how we have to see it. So here, it's very beautiful. So the whole thing is, uh, you know, beyond unique. Because here, this this Abhijakashi and that Abhijakashi, iti, iti, of course we can remove, but the same verb is used. Abhijakashi means, looks on one meaning, sheds the light on, ah, because deepta in the sense of lighting up. So one bird is running around like a crazy bird trying to shore up berries and trying to collect the berries and taste the berries. It's a berry holic, just like the jiva is a samsara holic. And on that same tree, you know, on that same tree of samsara, in that same body-mind-sense complex, the tree is also the upadhi here. In that same body-mind-sense complex, another bird, really another bird? No. In fact, the only bird which is worth talking about is the non-acting witness observer bird that is just shining the light on the one that is running around, you know, playing actor. Abhichakashi. And here also, hey Girishankar, Shine this Atma for me. Shine this witness in me, as me. In the form of words, enter my heart as it were. Let these words enter the heart. Of course, we have to supply other things, Guru Mukhat, through the words of the teacher. Because otherwise, how will they enter? You try reading a book. 
what will happen nothing will happen yeah assured you know nothing will happen why because one's own infrastructure comes in the way of recognizing what is most evident and what is one's own infrastructure i'm no good i'll never understand this oh this is difficult or sometimes on the flip side i know it all yeah i studied kano prishad phir kya this phir kya psychology then i studied you know kathak prishad uske baad kya phir kya then i have studied mundaka prishad i have studied mandukya somebody told me this phir kya phir kya phir kya and then uh, i was there one time when somebody said to pujya swami ji swami ji i am enlightened now what should i do you know and swami ji said please go get a job <laughs> yeah this is called enlightenment ahankara you know so this is the whole thing so therefore you know this 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 what next psychology you know is 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 comes in the way of one's reading because it's not supposed to be read when when you say the knowledge is in the form of words it is in the form of spoken words by one who has digested the words from their guru and uh, you know from their guru from their guru from his guru from her guru from his guru going all the way to narayana you know or sadashiva doesn't matter this is how it is and then there are people who doubt and say how do you know there was the first guru and to that we answer how do you know there was the first mother you know do you know that there was the first mother well there must have been because i am here same logic yeah and who is the first mother you can't say monkey you know because monkey also had mother <laughs> yeah if you say monkey monkey will laugh monkey will say to other all her friends monkey will say these people consider our, uh, uh, themselves as evolved from us it is monkey will laugh monkey will have a good time so monkey you can't say monkey monkey also had had a mother then you can say rishi then rishi moolam you know na shodhaye don't look into don't look into where the rishi came from you know because we stop at some kind of a stalwart beginning you, you exalted beginning that's where you do so it's just like looking searching for the first mother is searching for the origin of ganga river ganga some people say it is gomukha and near and there we keep going you know and searching for the birthplace of lord krishna because when you get down at mathura station you have mobbed by people who say that come to my house that was the original basement dungeon where krishna was born were mobbed by people and and they have gone to great lengths to construct a dungeon with bars and everything <laughs> you know of course they don't believe in carbon dating and all those things so nothing can be nothing can be proven but you know this is how it is so therefore when we talk about the knowledge the knowledge comes from a source that is infallible and the source is infallible but how do you know the teachers were infallible because the teachers could have made a mistake you know like in the telephone game by the time you say mole hill and it goes through 20 years what does it become mountain correct how how come this is also not you know exaggerated because it is based on the fact that you are self evident you don't need to be proven you exist you are there and so if you are there everything is you know all that is based on you yesterday evening i was talking about this 
That too are self-evident keeps us occupied. You know, us means the Vedanta teachers. Yeah. So, because otherwise there is nothing to talk about. If I had to prove that you exist, then there would be no Vedanta. None at all. Yeah. Because I don't have to prove you exist, I can say that what the, the nature of this existence is, I don't even have to say what the, what your nature of this existence is. I have to just remove the Ajnanam surrounding your self-understanding. That is also, that's all it is. And you know, in the, in the modern spiritual parlance, it has become very fashionable to say, I gained the knowledge apne aap all by myself. Other, te other teachers may have required teachers, but me, I gained it everything by myself. And if you encounter such a person, you say Namaha, you know, because this is what we are studying in the Rudram. And you say, please keep the knowledge to yourself and enjoy it. Whatever you have found out by yourself, apne aap, you keep it apne aap and enjoy it. Please do not give it to me. Yeah. So really, if you go to places where the sadhus gather, orange fest like Kumbha Mela, they are not interested in your name. They are not interested in anything. They just ask one question, Aapka Guru Sthan kaha hai? Who is your teacher? They are not interested in anything. And there is a word for, there is a kind of a very funny word uh, which is the lingo of sadhus to describe someone without a teacher. Because somehow they also infiltrate the Kumbha Mela and then, you know, they don't get, they don't get so many visitors because this is the whole thing. The tradition is nice that you just, uh, everybody gathers there for a month and then each one visits another. And so the, the seasoned acharyas from various traditions will be heard telling each other, that one is just a swayambhu. Means, <laughs> means you know, he's just an a, a upstart. That's the best, uh, what is that, uh, translation I suppose. He's a kind of an upstart, don't go there. Yeah, don't take him seriously. Yeah, this is what it is. This apneyap is not encouraged. That is the, Akshnayap is the problem. Because you know, that is the whole thing. You just kind of, Kapola Kalpitam means when the skull starts to think, not just what is under the skull. <laughs> when the skull starts to do its own thinking, it is, it is a danger. It is a dangerous moment. So therefore, in the form of words, be a blessing presence. And so we have to supply a few things because the Upanishad, she is a lady of few words. Yeah, she's not going to sit and, you know, talk. She doesn't have the time to chit-chat. So she just puts everything precisely. So when we unfold it and unpack it, we have to say Guru Mukhat through the parampara. So you have to hear these words from the teacher. And these words are what? Virishanta. Remaining on the tongue in the form of speech, in the form of the most auspicious speech from the Veda, it continues to bless in the form of the ultimate liberation from the notion that I am a samsari. Because if the notion is real, it cannot be dismissed, correct? Because that which is real cannot be negated. Oh, the notion is unreal. If it is unreal, it need not be dismissed. What are we doing here then? 
So it has a certain reality which can neither be affirmed nor be denied. This is the definition of Mithya. That which can neither be categorically affirmed nor categorically denied. Sad asadbhyam anirvachaniyam Mithya. Anirvachaniyam means you cannot talk about it. Is it Sat? No. Is it Asat? No. This is what the problem is. But the saving grace is that Mithya has one more definition. Adhishthana Ananyat. Ananyat means non-separate from Sat. Non-separate from that whole limitless. It is dependent reality. So the second definition of Mithya is that it's a, not an independent reality, it's a dependent reality. Just like your own dream depends upon your memory, your desires and your knowledge, so too this whole, all the names and forms in the Jagat depend on that all knowledge presence. You know, Bhagavan, Atma, whatever you say. Same thing. So therefore, you know, please, you, I'm invoking you, Hey Girishanta. You see, the beauty is this. When I say Girishanta, only that aspect is being invoked. Girau or Giri, Stitva, Sham, Mangalam, Moksharupena Sham, Tanoti, Moksharupam, Moksharupena Sham, Tanoti. The one that spreads the knowledge of liberation being in the form of the words of the Shastra and the teaching. That visits. So right now we are having a visitation by Rudra. Yeah, in the form of Girishanta. Very beautiful. And then, what is the? What are these words revealing? They are revealing that the body of Rudra is what? Aghora. Aghora means what? Naghora. Aghora. Ghora means terrifying. Aghora means very pleasing. Opposite. Opposite of terrifying. Attractive. Because terrifying means you want to run away. And here, you know, karshati, that's how the word Krishna is formed. Karshati that draws you to itself. Irresistibly. Like even all the planets, you know, are drawn to the, to the source, where the sun because of the gravitational force, they remain in their orbits. And if the gravitational force were not to be there, they would helplessly just go and fall into the sun. So similarly, you know, all the jivas are helplessly attracted to the source. That source is Bhagavan. And that source from which everything came here is called Aghora. You know, Completely without what? Without any kind of conniving intentions. Innocent. Aghora. And then what does it do? It is a Kashini Tanu. Kashini means it reveals, shows, sheds the light on. From Kash to shed the light on. That's how we have Prakasha. Same thing. That word. So Kashini Tanu. What kind of a body is it? It, it itself is a benign body. Body here we don't talk about the physical. We talk about the, the uh, what it stands for. What this body represents. 
And what does it reveal? It reveals this whole Atma. Kashini. It reveals the Atma. The body is in the form of words. That's why Girishanta is used. The body is in the form of the words of the teaching of Vedanta. And what does it reveal? It reveals your true nature as a papa. What is papa? Born being laden by omissions and commissions. I'm completely weighted down by omissions and commissions. This is what is called papa. Yesterday we talked about it. In the evening, what was that? Guilt. Total guilt. I feel so guilty all the time. I am upset because of my own omissions and commissions. Otherwise, I am upset because of other people's omissions and commissions. So, these omissions and commissions are, you know, the key to, uh, what is that? They are the key, they are the linchpin of samsara, kilaka, you know. When you remove the omissions and commissions, samsara falls apart. This is what is holding the samsara together, my own guilt and hurt. And so here the guilt is discussed because that has much more of a power. And yesterday evening I talked about how the guilt is connected with, you know, identification of oneself as an agent. With the notion of agency. Kartritvam. And so this guilt, you know, this guilty person is looking at oneself as full of blemishes. I have done so many wrongs, I am not even worthy of redemption. I'm not worthy of being forgiven. Deep down inside, that is the feeling. And that is why Bhagavan is looked upon as a chastiser. That's why I can't meet the gaze sometimes because I feel so bad that I've done all these wrong things. But that also is a notion. It's my own projection that Bhagavan is mad at me. We saw that in the beginning. It's my own projection because of my own fear. You know, in the Hindu tradition, we love to anthropomorphize Bhagavan. Yeah, you know, in in uh, India we, we do that, and here they do that with the pets. You know, they have cat, dog. They say, "Oh, he wants to go out." He never said, "I want to go out." <laughs> <laughs> you know, she is thinking this. You know, the cat is thinking this. Cat never said, "I'm thinking this," and you don't even know if you're supposed to. Even if you hook up electrodes and read the cat's mind, he is thinking something else. Yeah, it won't be thinking what you think it's thinking. Oh, the cat looks guilty. Cat is the last animal to look guilty. Last. Even dog will manage the expression. But cat, I assure you, will not look guilty. Because it, it, it is, it's, it's mukta, really. Yeah. yeah, it has no guilt. It has no kartritvam. It looks upon you as a life-size can opener. That's all it is. It has no loyalty. It has no attachment. It's just a, it's a wonderful being. Yeah. You can learn a lot from it. But we always anthropomorphize the pets. And in India, we don't have this whole thing about keeping pets. They all remain outside. We don't uh, mix uh, uh, species. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> we don't share the bed with them. We don't, you know share the dish with them, all these things we do not do. So therefore, where else to put all these anthropomorphizing tendencies? They are available. Same 
then we say, oh, he, this goddess looks mad. You know, Bhagavan looks sad. <laughs> you know, why? Because I forgot to offer Naivedya. And, you know, and uh, people joke, he's losing weight because <laughs> I'm only offering biscuits. You know, not offering anything biscuits and what is that, that uh, dry stuff, dry fruits and uh, meva. You know, I'm not offering any uh, uh, cooked food and kheer and all these things, you know. Yeah, so, oh, he looks unwell, I should take his temperature. This is all, you know, this is all not discouraged in the tradition. Yeah. Afterwards, I encourage you to sit at the, sit in front of them and see how they look. <laughs> how do they feel today? And you will laugh at yourself. While having breakfast, you can do that, you know. Yeah, you can just spend a minute or so. And uh, so, this is... Something very interesting. And it's not discouraged either. Because it's all part of a play of forming a healthy relationship. And without having these notions, you cannot have a relationship. You know, these notions of concern, these notions of projections, all of them are encouraged. You know, to a point, I must say. <laughs> Beyond that, it becomes a little, you know, dangerous. But up to a point, it is encouraged. So, when the guilty, the point of this uh, talk is that when the guilty person looks at Bhagavan, when the one who is obsessed with his or her own guilt, what do they see? They say, they see, instead of the hand which is here, suddenly becomes like this. <laughs> this is a new mudra, you know. <laughs> this is Abhaya mudra and this is chastiser mudra. Ah, I saw what you have done. Aja, you know. Judgment day is coming, Dekhlunga, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you. Yeah. And maybe in the West, this mudra is like this. I'm watching you. <laughs> big, big eyes. Ah. You can't escape my wrath. Righteous or, or otherwise, as it was translated. <laughs> so, <laughs> you cannot escape me. You know, this is my own projection. And to counter that projection, it says, Apapakashini, that which reveals you as the blemishless one. Apapa means without any afflictions, without any guilt, without any wrongdoing, without any blemishes, this is who you are. Even in the Bhagavad Gita, we have the same you know, way in which Lord Krishna addresses Arjuna. Fourth chapter beginning, you know. No, the third chapter beginning. You know, Pura Prokta Maya Anagha. Agha means Papa. All my omissions and commissions, Agha. Anagha, you know, when you when you have to uh, negate, when it's a consonant word, then you negate it with a, like Agha. When, if you want to negate a vowel, a word that starts with a vowel, the, the negative particle is an. So, an plus agha, anagha. Hey, anagha. What a lovely way to say, you, you know, blemishless one, free of omissions and commissions. But how can I be free of omissions and commissions? I feel so guilty. Arjuna can say, I'm about to kill all these people. And I have started the war in a certain way without knowing all this. Because you are not being addressed on the level of the body-mind-sense complex and on all the identifications with the doer, etc. You are being addressed here as the essential Swarupa of the Atma. 
The nature of the Atma is without any blemishes. No afflictions, no fear, no tear, no desires, no disappointments, no going against dharma, nothing. That is you, that is your nature. And this Bhagavan's body, the shining body of Bhagavan in the form of the words of the teacher is revealing to you your own truth as the blemishless one, as the blemishless self. How beautiful this is. Naha Abhichakashi, it reveals our truth as totally blemishless. See, it's very nice. The blemishless body of Bhagavan, the shining body of Bhagavan, and what is this body composed of? Words. It comprises words well ascertained, well assimilated, nicely digested words of the Shastra, which reveals you as a shining, blemishless being. And in this revelation of you as the shining, blemishless, blemishless being, there is great happiness, sham. It's the ultimate happiness. Beyond this, there is no happiness. That is what is called moksha. Freedom from guilt and hurt is equal to moksha. So here, the guilty person has been completely dismissed by these shining words. Just like in the Mundaka Upanishad, in the two bird story, the bird that was collecting the berries and then feeling bad was dismissed as the shadow by that same word, Abhijakashiti. Very beautiful. That there are two entities is the problem. That is the duality that starts right here. You don't even have to look around. The duality starts right in the person itself, in the notion that there are two beings. One of them is contented. The other one is the most discontented individual. One of them is the adult. The other one is the inner child. So this disparity, this split is what has to be healed and Vedanta does a wonderful job of healing this in the form of these words. This split is recognized by the sages. That's why I'm saying that they were psychologically very advanced and you know, this Freud and all is child's play, really. Yeah. You know that Freud discovered the word unconscious. But this was, uh, uh, you know, even the grand guru of Adi Shankara, Gaudapadacharya, says in the Mandukya commentary called Karika, a commentary in the form of verses, is called Karika. And what did he say? He said, just this itself he said, Sakashayam vijaniyat, sampratva na vijalayet. In the meditation, when you are meditating, stuff will come up from the past. Guilt and hurt. Know this to be, know the mind to always exist with the unconscious and the word he used is kashaya, sludge. Don't stir it up, he says. Navichalayet. <laughs> Watch it. Don't go deep and say, why do I feel guilty? When was the first time I felt guilty? Because this is all useless, you know, self-psychotherapy. It's because you don't delve into what is not really existent, ultimately existent. You bring out the witness, Navichalayet. And similarly, the same Kashaya also gives some kind of wonderful fantasies. 
both negative and positive fantasies come from the unconscious. And when the positive fantasies come in the meditation, Gaudapadacharya says, what does he say? Na aswadayet rasam tatra. Don't enjoy the fantasies. Nissango pragnaya bhave. Nissanga bhave. Be the watcher. Exercise pragnya, that witnessing. Very beautiful. So all this we, we knew from a long time ago. And here also the same thing is revealed. That through one glance of this Bhagavan in the form of words, which has the capacity to remove all blemishes. That is, Aghora, a benign glance. Apapakashani, the revealer of you, as free of guilt and hurt. And that Tanu is Shantamaya, in the form of Shantanoti iti Shantaha. So that, that is in the form of a blessing, a universal blessing, whether you want bhukti or mukti. Yeah, mukti means what? Worldly desires, that is also allowed. And mukti, the ultimate freedom from desiring itself. Yeah, there are two choices. Either you fulfill the desires through Bhagavan's grace or you seek freedom from being a desiring, wanting person. So both here are expressed but the ultimate desire here is talked about as this is what is going to redeem me. And this is what is universal blessing. And just see if I have left any word out. Shantamaya, Giri, Shanta, yeah, we have covered everything. So, this is, uh, yeah, this is uh, a, a further growth. You see another quantum leap between the previous mantra and this mantra. Previous mantra, please you, you make, make, make me happy, make us happy because your fear is now not directed against me. It is okay. And then what? Now the next one is you bless me. Please bless me in the form of the ultimate blessing which is moksha. More we will see tomorrow. Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Shishyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Yodhamaha Hari Om